What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. Uh, and today I am here to look ahead to the latest One Championship offering, and that is their fifth show on Amazon Prime. Um, and I'll be honest, it's a, it's a pretty good show. Lots of very interesting uh, MMA fights uh, on this one going on over in, in the Philippines, uh, in the Mall of Asia Arena. Uh, which I know is is a big arena over there. Funnily enough, my my brother was actually out at a UFC event there once, and yeah, uh, he always uh, he always raves about the place. So it's a very very nice arena, and um, there's some very nice fights for the the Filipino crowd to uh, to enjoy as well. So. Uh, Back again with a double header. We'll uh, have a preview for the uh, Amazon uh, uh, offering here, and then for the other card as well. We'll have another video on that. So please check that out on uh, on the Sherdog Sherdog YouTube and on Sherdog.com as well. Um, I think it's a very interesting time because, it, like, if you look at the um, the main event, it is for one championship's light heavyweight title, and. As I record this, it's only kind of just happened in, in the last couple of days, I suppose, with the uh, light heavyweight picture in other organizations really to the fore. So we had obviously Nimkov beating Corey Anderson uh, over in um, uh, in Bellator with a very, very good display. Then we had the title fight get torn up in the UFC. Not only did we lose the champion to injury, he lost his belt. And the challenger didn't take the opportunity to have a shot at the title because, you know, for fair reasons, he wanted to prepare more for a different sort of opponent and all that absolutely for Glover Teixeira. And we have two new challengers coming in there now. So there's a big argument at the moment. Who is the best light heavyweight in the world? Now, obviously, we know one championship with the, the weight cutting and all, and we know what Rene moving up and down the, the divisions. Uh, it's is he is he these a light heavyweight a standout light heavyweight? Look, he's fighting for their light heavyweight belt um, in this uh, weekend's offering, and I think if you look at him and look at his strength of schedule and look at the the record, I suppose, and look at how dominant he is. Without there being a real big standout name there, I, I think, you know, you have to put him up there maybe. Now, with, you know, being down a middleweight, sometimes fighting welt, um, sometimes fighting um, welterweights and things like that, obviously, it's, it's you wouldn't call him the best in the world. I don't think anyone ranking right up there. But let's say if he goes into this division now um, with, with a, you know, a few more wins, a few more title defenses, whatever it might be, and dominates that, I think he's like, in the conversation and probably should be in the conversation if we're uh, if we're being honest here because of that you know non standout i suppose in the um you know in the in the world at the moment in in light heavyweight mixed martial arts with John Jones gone with Cormier gone you know but Gustafson could have been one the people were talking about locked in you know Yuri obviously came out and in you know he's lost it again now Nimkov has been very very good as well so it's 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 interesting times i think for the light heavyweight division and uh, interesting time do you know what's interesting time in the world of mixed martial arts as well because i don't think like and you know i'm not no i'm not saying he's the best light heavyweight in the world but Nimkov might be right and maybe with another few fights or something else and if he stays in light heavyweight division maybe when the reader will be but the fact that like that conversation can even happen these days I actually think it's a really good sign for MMA and the fact that the UFC isn't the only show on down I think is probably a really good sign for, for MMA as well we have you know obviously the uh, the PFL 
finales and and you know big cage warriors cards and risen and bellator and all that so it's it's a great time for i suppose non-ufc mma the chasing pack is a famous podcast uh is uh, is called over and uh, over in uh, severe mma so um let's get into the card anyway and stop my my nonsense and my talk and let's talk about the the fight for rinia the reader he's taking on anatoly uh, malyakin um and it's uh, do you know what it's it's an, an interesting fight i suppose let me run you through both of them before if you've never watched the reader maybe you're just tuning in for him um he's a wrestler you know absolutely a wrestler very little setup but he's very very fast and he's even fast against welterweight fighting a middleweight and for him to be fighting at light heavyweight slash kind of heavyweight in one championship i think he's even going to be faster and faster and faster and guys really can't stop that there's a real problem with his pace and you look at him and you look at the way he fights and you're thinking you're probably thinking what, what are you talking about pace i don't mean like he's not Demetrius johnson or he's not you know some fast striking you know he's not a, a Pereira or adesanya or anything like that but what he, he is really fast at is just breaking that distance. And he's fast to wrestle. And when I say fast to wrestle, I don't mean it just goes straight across and takes you down, which he does. But he's breaking off that distance, as I said again, and his ability to actually, like, get the right position at the right time really quickly is is fantastic. And to me, that's what makes him special. That's why he is um, a special fighter. Now, if you watch his last fight against Big Dash, he nearly got caught in a guillotine, but then he ended up sleeping with a triangle. So, he not only has the ability to take the fight to the ground, he also has the ability to finish it if it gets there, whether he's on top, whether he's on bottom, or anything like that. Now, one thing that really stands out to me about the Ritter is the space he gives people uh, went on the ground, yet he still is able to control really, really well, which is something, and we'll, we'll talk about it further on this card and, and on the other card as well, on the other preview, that is actually very rare in mixed martial arts these days. If you think about, say, the great wrestlers of the last while, you, you look at Habib as the standout one, he was a very, very controlling wrestler, whether, you know, we always talk about that, the, the quarter mount that he used to have, remember, in the, was it the second round against McGregor, he had it for almost a full round, very, very controlling position. He loved the half guard, rarely tried to pass, and if it did, it was into mount where he could, uh, you know, control again. Love that position because there was so much control. We rarely, if you think about it, we rarely see these as side control. We rarely see guys, you know, moving from this position to this position to this position in mixed martial arts because the ability of their opponents to move once given space is now very, very high, right? But the Ritter seems to still have that ability. And uh, I have it written here in my notes as well, he's a very good side control. And you can only have a very good side control if you have that ability to dominate the positions on the ground while still giving your opponent space. To me, that's a very, very special, unique talent these days. Like before, go say back in, you know, Kevin Randleman, Mark Coleman's day, it was a little bit different. I think you could do that. You could afford to give lad space, even Tito Ortiz's day maybe or something like that. You could afford to give lad space. Now, maybe that's because knees are legal on the ground in one championship. Maybe that's a part of it. But I I, I, I don't necessarily think that is the, the biggest part of it. And um, yeah, he's just really, really good at it. And I think, uh, I think it's definitely something that stands out in his game and definitely something that you need to watch out for him if you are fighting him. The other part of it then is nasty elbows and just his nastiness in general on the ground. Like he put you on the ground and he pushes his elbow into your face. He just makes it rotten on you. He makes it really, really bad on you. He'll 
cut you open just makes it a bad unbelievable cardio as well even I, I, I was listening watching one of his fights and they are saying in the commentary that one of his opponents was saying oh, he's bad cardio and they're going to be able to push the pace with him and everything like that that's to me that's not something that you know if you fight five, five rounds or whatever you're going to be tired but it's not something I think is a massive issue in his game uh, if, if I'm being honest at all so um doesn't have the best striking in the world. Apparently, he's been working on it a lot, you know, over in, over in Holland and things. But um, his knees in the clinch are very, very good. Very good. His knees in the ground, obviously, are very, very good as well. And just like that wrestling, that ability to control on the ground is second to none. Uh, then Malyakin on the other side, he's he's a pressure striker, very good overhand right, very good jab, uh, and his backhand is really, really fast after it. He's a lovely hook to the body, and that overhand again, the combination is, is very good after that as well. The one advantage I suppose he would have here over the Ritter, who's big and tall, is he, you know, Malyakin is used to finding the bigger men. He's, he's not the tallest guy in the world. He's a very, very good offensive wrestler as well. Um, he's fast and catches the legs and his big power everywhere. So it's it's definitely not an easy matchup, I don't think, for the Ritter this time. 16 and all the Ritter against 11 and all Malyakin. And you know, the, the level of opponent that Malyakin has been fighting as well has been very, very good. Up at heavyweight, uh, at light heavyweight for the you know the interim championship, beating Kirill Groshenko. He beat Amir Ali Akbar before that, who's who's fighting this weekend as well. He's beaten Jake Hewn back in the day. Uh, you know, he's some very, very good wins on his ledger, and I think he's actually a very, very good fighter. Um, so... All in all in this one, you know, I, I picked the Ritter to win based on that wrestling. And you always kind of have to pick the Ritter to win based on wrestling, I suppose, unless he's fighting, you know, who would it be? Let, let's think about it. A light, a light heavyweight, which wrestler is actually going to, like, out-wrestle him? Or which fighter is going to stop his wrestling kind of taking over? It's actually, I, I think it's rather hard to think of someone. If you look at, say, Nimkov and Bellator, okay, he did it the last time, but he wasn't able to do it the first time against Corey Anderson. If you think about it that way, like Yuri is injured now, but like, is he the best takedown defense in the world? I don't think so. Glover's a very good offensive wrestler. Can he get taken down? Maybe Ankalaev. I think him versus Ankalaev would be a fun fight, or or versus uh, you know whoever else is around there. You know, it's it's interesting. It's very very interesting. You know, horses for courses, I suppose. But uh, I think uh, this will be Cheltenham for Rene uh, Ritter on uh, on Friday night or Saturday night or whatever this is. Friday night is it? Um, and I, I do think he will win the fight, but it's not without um it's not without a task here. I think Malyakin like this I talk about the reader's speed to get inside. Malyakin has the same sort of speed to land that right hand. It's it's an excess set not an excess set of right hand. I it, do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like an old school, maybe Ryan Nelson right hand. Do you know when Ryan Nelson's right hand was like constantly landing? It is that big swooping right hand that comes in. And it has to be swooping because he's a little bit smaller. Let me just check his sides here if they're uh, if they're up. So we have uh, six foot for him. And I, I would guess the rear. Let me guess the rear side. I'm going to guess six foot five. He's not, maybe not, not that tall. Six four. Yeah. So there is that big difference. And that's usually how a Malyakin fights because he's up at heavyweight and he has to throw that kind of. The, it's a a lintoned right hand, I would say, a lintoned overhand right, and it's it's one that you would think wouldn't land with the power it should, but it does. It's a very very hard shot, a very very good shot, and uh, it will give Malyakin a, f- a fighting chance in this. I wonder as well, could he put on some offensive wrestling against the Ritter? And if he does, it's going to be a tough night for the Ritter. It really is. If the Ritter gets taken down, if he can't take Malyakin down, and if Malyakin can land that right hand. Absolutely, Maniakin has the ability to make this a tough night for the Ritter, but 
I think it will come down to the wrestling of the reader. It, it will come down to the wrestling of the reader either way. If he isn't able to, to wrestle, I think Malyakin will be the favourite there. And if he is, uh, Malyakin uh, will, will not have a nice night because the reader will be able to take him down and win there. So, very, very interesting um, fight there. Very, very, uh, you know, interested to see how the... the <sighs> Neither of these lads know how to lose yet as well, you know, as I said, 16 and all versus 11 and all. When that happens, it's always uh, fun to see, you know, how one person reacts mentally as compared to another one. You know, we've seen it recently with Israel Adesanya, I suppose, losing once and maybe the, the mental struggles were an issue for him. But then he came back and but then to a guy he's already lost in kickboxing again, it was an issue again. So I wonder you know, someone gets put in the back foot here, someone isn't winning the fight in the way they normally win, how will they react? So it'd be interesting to uh, to see that. Um, okay, let's move on and talk about a couple of the other fights. Uh, I'm going to talk obviously mainly about the MMA fights here, but I'll tell you what else is coming up as well. There's a, a one featherweight kickboxing fight coming up between uh, Superbond Sigma Mayan against uh, Chinzing Alzav. Um Kedria Tolo is back grappling on this for the lightweight uh, strap. I, I really enjoyed his um, grappling uh, endeavor. The last time he was on it, he was very, very good. He's taken on Mateus Gabriel, so that should be interesting there. And as well, Helen Rodriguez uh, is taking on Janet Todd in the one Adam weight uh, Muay Thai World Championship unification bout as well. So, you know... <laughs> Honestly, as someone who doesn't know a massive amount about Muay Thai and kickboxing and all of that, I've I've enjoyed it watching these one championship fights over the last while. And, um, you know, most of these... Uh, bouts are delivering they really really are and and you know i can't ask for i can't ask for more than that so looking forward to these as well now I'll be covering these one championship cards for a good few months and this next fight is the fight i'm most looking forward to out of any of those fights that have taken place in the last few months and that's because my guy roberto solich is debuting over in one championship and if you don't know roberto solich you you probably should know him 20 wins and three losses KSW multiweight champion has beaten Mamed Khalidov has beaten Patrick uh, uh, Selenik has beaten Mikel Materla has beaten, beaten Drukas Dupasi who we see climbing the ranks in the UFC at the moment beaten Lewis Long the Cage Warriors and and, um, and Bellator veteran uh, as well you know fought Yaroslav Amasov in his fifth fight the champion over in Bellator at the moment now he did lose that fight but that was six years ago so a lot of water has passed under a lot of bridges since then and since then he has turned into one of the most devastatingly brilliant fighters in the world if you haven't been watching Roberto Soldic you probably should have been 8-1 and in KSW in the last four years the only fight he lost was to Drikas Duplessis he knocked him out in the rematch of that um, six months after that fight had happened you know beating Boris Manikowski as well the, the names of the people who he has beaten in that side of the world have just been absolutely phenomenal. And he comes in here to me as the number one signing in the world this year. I was actually talking to, um, you know, a representative from a big promotion yesterday and they were saying like, you know, the only, <laughs> we're happy with where we're going. We're, we're kind of sad we missed out on Roberto Solid. And I honestly, I, I think that is 
uh, a thing that everyone will be feeling. I think the UFC didn't want to miss out on Saldage. I think Bellator didn't want to miss out on Saldage. With the way that PFL are coming into Europe at the moment, I'm sure they would love to have Saldage. But fair play to one championship. They, they got the deal done. They did the job. And they have, in my opinion, one of the best prospects, one of the most interesting fighters uh, in the world right now. And uh, I can't wait to see him fight. If you haven't seen him fight before, he's just an extremely well-rounded fighter. He is strong. He is technical. He's tactical, brave. He has it all. Good chin, power, technique. Uh, he's, he's a southpaw. And he is a massive left hook. I know some, some people give out to me when I say southpaw throw a left hook. But I think when you're hooking the hand, you know, it's not like a straight left hand when you're throwing him southpaw. So, like, look, McGregor, like McGregor against Aldo. That's, that to me is a left hook. And I know a left hook is like fighting off your front hand and throwing the hook instead of the jab. I know it absolutely is. But to me, you know, that's a big left hook as well. Anyway, I'm going to I'm gonna continue to call him a left hook. If people, if I'm wrong, maybe I am wrong. But anyway, he throws big left hooks. He kicks to the body. To me, he's the best body kicker in the world in MMA. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe with with Overeem and uh, on the way out now, or over in uh, in in uh, kickboxing, and now again uh, aside from MMA, I think he's the best. I really, really do. He's absolutely brilliant. The speed at which he strikes, he can wrestle. Very, very, very athletic. And I'll say that word speed again. He's so fast. Now the one drawback I would have for Saldic he's fighting in the welterweight division in one championship at the moment which is 185 which is kind of middleweight which is probably the right place for him at the moment um, Saldic was a welterweight uh, in KSW you know a genuine uh, 170 he fought a couple of bouts at, at catch weights like one you know, I think he fought once 176 and things like that went up he fought Materla at 185 he fought Kalinic back down at 170 and then he fought at 185 against Kalidov again so he's been going up and down with there was talks of him fighting now at 205 as well I don't think he had a fight at 205 if I'm not mistaken I'm just trying to look here I don't think he did but he was there was talks of it, and he he was ta- talking about going for that third belt in in the third division. And I think if he'd stayed in KSW, he probably you know he probably would have ended up having that. So um, I think he maybe blew up or was on the way to blowing up too much. And I think the fact that that's kind of stopped now, and that he can fight in that division, maybe if he's even, if he's even coming down even further to fight at another division, um, it it'll be interesting. But. I, I think he's at the right division in the right place now at the moment and hopefully he sticks there. But that is the one issue I would say, like the weight, the size. Is he at the right weight? Is he at the right size for himself at the moment? Because that was my one worry for him when he was in KSW. It's like this moving up and down weight cl- classes and this talk about going up an even further weight class now he didn't start maybe he did start that but he, it, it did, that didn't come to fruition uh, is the one issue I'd have for everything else I think he's he's a brilliant brilliant fighter now his opponent Morad Ramazanov he's pretty good too 11-0 and um, you can't you know, you can't say anything bad about his resume. Went back and watched a good few of his fights, and he's a very, very, very good fighter. He beat uh, the two-time champion um, Kadistan the, the last time out, Sebastian Kadistan the last time out. Um, he's a very patient fighter, I would say. Uh, all about wrestling, just wants to get a hold of you. Fast, short jab, good left hook. Powerful, powerful right hand. 
Will it will it hurt Saldic? I wouldn't probably think so. You know, powerful ish right hand. Uh, I, I I wouldn't like to take it, but I think Rosario Roberto Saldic should be fine. Um, but extremely strong in the clinch. Picks up lads and slams them down all the time. He, he's almost the guy that like doesn't wrestle people. He just picks them up. He's, a, he's like a JCB or something. <laughs> Pick you up and put you back down. Very good control on the ground. Loves half guard. Um, not the best ground upon artists as well either. He's all about position, which is the exact opposite, I think, to, to, to the Ritter above. Now, Maybe not the exact opposite. Dorito likes a little bit of ground and pound as uh, does uh, Ramazanov, but I think Dorito will move and he will be funky kind of with his grappling, whereas Ramazanov will be very, very forthright in holding that position, keeping in the position. Now, this is an easy fight to break down, I suppose. Ramazanov needs to get the fight to the ground. It, as I said, that right hand is powerful-ish. He's a good hook. He's a good jab. And he is... Look... Anyone can knock anyone out in mixed martial arts. If they fall on the feet in an MMA fight for 15 minutes 100 times, I'd say Saldic should win 99 of them. You know, I, I would say there's that much of a difference there. I think he is vastly superior to Ramazanov on the feet. On the floor, if Ramazanov can take you down and hold you down, he's going to win that fight, and he can do that, you know, 11-0, he's done it many, 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 many times. Can he do it again to Roberto Saldic? That's the question. It's a very, very interesting question. I'd be foolish to come in here and say, absolutely, Ramazanov has no chance. Saldic is the guy, and he's not going to get beaten. But sure, you pro- people probably said that about Dimitri Johnson. People probably said that about Eddie Alvarez as well. And look what happened to them. Them lads ended up getting beaten. So Saldic can lose this fight. This is a very, very, very good fight. Now, who am I picking to win? I'm definitely picking Roberto Saldic. I think he will be able to stop the takedown. I think he will keep the fight in the feet, and I think he'll absolutely destroy Ramazanov in the feet. Um, I think he'll get the knockout, and I think it'll be a 11-1 for Ramazanov, but a very, very interesting fight, and I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing it. Speaking of uh, Eddie Alvarez against uh, Edward Fialong, uh he's a, a guy who fights next on this card. Uh, you know, a veteran, I suppose, at this stage. Um, 38 years of age. Jesus, he doesn't. Uh, uh, he doesn't seem that old, I suppose. But um, oh my God, mad! Is it? Is it Eddie? He is Eddie. Oh no, he wait. Eddie Alvarez. Uh, Eddie Alvarez beat for long. And they, who, who was it that beat Eddie Alvarez? I'm gone mad here. Uh, no, uh, oh yeah, it was uh, Natyukin. Natyukin. I mean, nah, I'm gone mad. I'm gone mad. Never mind. Don't listen to me. But um, Fylang anyway, very very good fighter. Big power. Uh, big leg kicks. Um, he, do you know what? He almost throws the leg kicks to keep active on the outside because he likes to land that power. And he doesn't throw loads, but when it does, it hurts. When it, when he throws in those shots, they come very, very quick. Throws a spinning elbow, throws a wheel kick, step inside kick is probably his shot that he throws the most apart from those those inside and outside leg kicks. Likes to keep the distance. He likes to stay on the outside. Stay on the outside you know, give you the opportunity to come in, and if you do, he'll strike then. Likes a takedown as well, has a takedown, and I think this is a start to fight against Edson Marquez, where he will be going for that takedown. Marquez, very tall. Um, he's... Uh, I'd written down in my notes, he's a good jab, but then watching a little bit more of him, it feels, it feels like he's one of these guys where... Um, he almost fights shorter the way he jabs. And you, if you watch one of his fights, you'll see exactly what I mean. It's almost like he, he's jabbing you as if you're two steps ahead of him when he should be jabbing you to keep you two steps away from him. 
which is a pro- like we we see now with tall guys all the time. Stefan Struve was one of the worst guys of all time at keeping the distance, even though he was seven foot tall. You know, you know, just because you're tall doesn't mean you can actually fight that way well, even though you has have those physical advantages. And I don't think Marquez is particularly great at it. He fights out of the karate stance, constantly dancing forward and back a few steps. And when I say this, like, we remember all, you know, the Leota Machida McGregor thing, but he's like, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And it's really very odd. It's a very, very odd way he fights. And again, it's another thing that actually takes away his size advantage, um, which is odd. Throws lots of feints, nice leg kicks off both feet. But he is there to be taken down because of that as well. You know, giving up that size advantage allows you to be taken down. Doesn't look great on the ground. To me, he doesn't throw that right hand enough either. Um, and he's going to need to throw it against Firelang. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Edward Feiling to win this fight. Honestly, I, I think he will go for a takedown here if he's smart. I think him fighting on the outside, it could benefit Marquez in a way because it'll try. I, I think you know when I say Marquez should be keeping a guy two steps outside rather than allowing him two steps inside. Feiling will actually think naturally fight two steps outside, and Marquez will have to reach for him, and I think that'll benefit him because he is so tall. So maybe it's a good matchup like that. Marquez but the second Feilang comes in Marquez is going to give that up and I think he'll give up the takedown as well now if Feilang just strikes with him for the whole fight I think it could be an issue and I could definitely see Marquez win there I probably in fact would see Marquez win in there but I think if Feilang can go inside get the takedown he's you know okay he's probably not known as the the uh, a big takedown artist but I watched a couple of his fights uh and I watched a lot of his fights down through the years even though I mixed him up um and he, he has a takedown and he can take people down and the way like if you look at Marquez on the ground and any of his fights not great there so I think uh, I think he can win that fight and I think uh, I think he will win that fight uh, a couple more we have a lightweight fight between uh, Daesung Park and Loan uh, Tynanus who has the greatest nickname ever, Tynanosaurus Rex. What a nickname. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, but Park will start first with, he's a southpaw, karate stance again, uh, big head kicks and body kicks, has a high guard fence, a lot, has good speed, throws, throws these taekwondo leaping double kicks. And, you know, watching a few of his fights, I, I think I kind of immediately became a fan. <laughs> to be honest, I like his style, but it's nearly all kicks. Rarely, uh, when he does throw the, the, the left paw, he really, really sits down with it. And you even see the way he uh, he fights. He kind of sits down all the time, the way, the way he fights. Um, he can be drawn into a fight, and that's when you see his hands coming out. Does get him taken down a lot, though. Strong ground and pound when he gets on top. Uh, he, and, you know... The issue is, though, he needs to get on top. And if he doesn't, it's it's massive. And especially massive in this fight because Tynanosaurus Rex is a wrestler. And he is nothing but a wrestler, almost. He immediately goes for the takedown. Um, I, I think I was listening to one, uh, watching one of his last fights and on the commentary they talked about an autoimmune disease. They made him kind of change up his style of movement on the outside. And he's definitely fought differently in his last couple of fights. He hasn't fought much over the last few years um, because of that, but the pandemic as well, obviously. But he has started to move a lot more on the feet. Um, lost his last fight. It was his first loss. Um, and, you know, that's a big thing coming back from that mentally to see how it looks. Um his striking isn't great. Strong in the clinch, strong on the ground, lovely elbows on the ground. Very, very good at moving into taking the back. Very, very strong on the ground. Looks like an athlete. You, you know, you look at Tynanis and you can't help but 
know he's an athlete. He looks like an athlete. He's he's strong and lean, and he looks fine like Brad Pitt from uh, from Fight Club. He's one of them bodies. So uh, yeah, do you know what? I I just I think Park is a better all round fighter, but I just think his takedown defense is an issue, and Tynan's takedowns are too good. Um, you know. Overall, and you know, one championship do score fights differently. So maybe, maybe because of that, we should be going with Park. But I just think that wrestling on Tainans will be too much. Maybe he can get to the back. Maybe he can get a rear naked choke as well. But uh, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Um, the last two fights in there is a Muay Thai uh, women's strawweight fight between Amber Kitchen and Jackie Bun- uh, Buntan, and then there is a women's atom weight. And Adam went by about this time in MMA against Lynn Quinn, who we've uh, talked about a few times in this show. She's fighting against Denise Zamboanga. Uh, Quinn, a very, very technical fighter, is the one word I would describe for her. She's long, lovely, nice jab, nice low kicks. She stands in the pocket and counters, um, which is unusual, I suppose, for a taller fighter. She's very, very good takedown defense, and she even has a takedown of her own. Um, Denise, on the other hand, then she's willing to throw. She's a lovely jab, vicious combinations, throws fast and hard, dips under for a takedown, very, very good in wild exchanges, looks for submissions if the fight goes to the ground. As I said, very, very good on the ground. She's just, you know, she's very aggressive. Uh, this is an unusual thing you, to see in MMA. She's very aggressive herself, but she also fights well when someone's aggressive against her. You know, some people like to be the nail and some people like to be the, the, the hammer. The wood, the hammer. I don't know, one of them. You know what I mean? But she's good being both, you know? And that's, as I said, a very, very unusual thing. Sometimes she wrestles immediately. Sometimes she comes out and strikes. And, <coughs> you know, that's a hard thing to game plan for. So if you're her queen... Look, if you're Denise in this fight, you know that Quinn is not going to come out with that mad aggression that a lot of her opponents come out with because they don't want her mad aggression to start with. So she knows she can come out and be madly aggressive. Now, will she do that or will she try a technical matchup with Quinn? I wouldn't advise that because I think Quinn is very good there, but she is, you know, uh, Zamboanga is is very good and is very technical and I've been very impressed with her. And, uh, as I said, like Quinn as well. I'm going to go with Denise to win this, honestly, and I didn't think I would. I, I thought that Quinn won her last fight as well. I didn't think it was the best decision in the world. But I'm going uh, I'm going for Denise to win this one in what I think will be a very, very good three-round technical fight, if I'm being honest. So, yeah, overall, a, a pretty good card there for uh, for the Amazon viewers over in, in the United States and Canada. And uh, another uh, another good showing, another good card from one championship. Um, I leave it there. Let me know your picks in the uh, in the comments below. Let me know who you're picking in the main event. Let me know if you think... Uh, Malyakin has any chance against uh, against the Ritter and if uh, you're looking forward to the card as well so I'll let you go my name is Sean Chee and for Sherdog.com and I'll see you all next time